there was a patient that we had, mutual patient. First name was Jenny. She would love if I was talking about her in this because I posted the picture of you and I after the dinner and she texted me and she was like, what? This is the first time you guys have met. I'm pretty sure I introduced y'all. And I was like, actually, I do think she's the first one that told me about you, Yep, which is really exciting. 100%. Like that was, that's got to be four or five years ago. At least. And she came in and we, you know, we were working together. She was like, I love you. And she was like, you would love my dentist, which is so <laughs> a funny thing to say. Like, so funny. She was like, no, really, like you guys, you have the same kind of like philosophy. And I love you both love yeah. your patients and you're yeah. super like passionate. She was right. like, you would love my dentist. You have to meet her. Yeah. And I was like, I should. You know? Yeah. And for then sure. I feel like it's just our schedules are just so crazy. And yeah. we, don't have 10, we don't have time to hang out. Like, no. <laughs> at least I got you here on this are. podcast <laughs> and here we are. It's a, it's a business, you Thanks. know? Yeah. But I would always send patients to you. We never got a complaint. I'm, I always, I'm very picky Same. about our referrals. And I was yeah. like, listen, if, if, you know, let me know how it goes, you know, Absolutely. I haven't actually met her, but well, I've heard she's great. Yeah. And it's true, especially yeah. with kind of the industries that we're in. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, there's so many different dentists, there's so many different chiropractors and it's not the same everywhere you go. So right. You can't just say, okay, let's go to Joe Schmo, dentist on the corner. Absolutely maybe not. he can do your right. phrenectomy for you. Or maybe he can give you an appliance. Maybe. Maybe he right. read a book, you know. Absolutely. And maybe he read a book. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So oh, it matters, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good kickoff to open our podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Sleepwell Journey. We are so excited for season two. And we have Dr. Lauren Daniels here, who is actually our first guest on the podcast. Yes, we have. We filmed season one with me ranting constantly about airway and sleep disorder breathing. And then we've been talking with her about what it's been like on her end with her growth and her practice. And she is such an incredible baby chiropractor. If you guys have come here, you know I've talked about her before. We have lots of mutual patients. But I'm Dr. Callie Hale. I'm Dr. Kyle Hale. And why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Lauren Daniels. And just like you said, I'm a chiropractor. I've been practicing for 11 years now. Um, I've always specialized, focused in moms and babies. And it's just a huge, huge passion of mine. I think it's super important to grow healthy humans from little bitty Mm -hmm. all the way up until forever. So now we're not having to go back and fix issues that could have been prevented or could have been fixed from the get-go. So I'm just super passionate about, you know, Raising up healthy children. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, and I just think it's so important. You guys have listened to us talk about the collaboration and how we need to be as dentists, finding our people and working with the right providers. And it's, I'm so lucky to have you so close and I'm so glad you're doing so well. I mean, we expanded, you expanded. It sounds like we kind of did that around the same time in 2020. We're crazy. Yeah. yeah. The only people in 2020. This is a great time to grow. We should spend money right now and like expand. Yeah. So tell me what made you want to be a chiropractor? Oh, so good question. So I actually grew up going to a chiropractor. Like my mom's best friend was a chiropractor. So just in our house, we were weird. We were, if we got hurt, if we were sick, we were going to the chiropractor first. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if that didn't work and our chiropractor couldn't fix us, then we go to the pediatrician. It's just yeah. how I was raised. I know it's yeah. not traditional, very, which is what we yeah, did. Very same for me. Um, and so I, my first pregnancy, which was, uh, let's see, he's 14, so I was 15 years ago. And I had really, really bad tailbone pain. So I started going to my regular chiropractor. And she was like, really, you should go see this other chiropractor who specializes in prenatal care. And I didn't know that was a thing. Wow. And so I started going to her and she like, I always say it's so cheesy. She literally changed my life because that was like my thing. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is it. Um, You know, I was, wasn't hundred percent sure I want to be medical somewhere in healthcare, but I didn't know exactly. And that was just like light switch moment for me. Um, And then he was born 
And he had like a lot of sinus stuff and ear stuff. And he just wasn't a healthy kid. Like he was one of those kids who was always uh, like asthma, allergies, eczema, like all the not mm-hmm. healthy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I dug in a little bit deeper to the nervous system and to, I mean, so many different things, like the way we eat and our diet. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, I want to also take care of babies because I was able to help him, my own child so much right. that I um, then was like, I know I can help other people's kids too. And it just was yeah. such a fire lit under me. Like, this oh, is what I'm that. supposed to do. So yeah. you said you went to this uh, this kind of ne- neonatal prenatal chiropractor. Mm-hmm. You were not a chiropractor at that point. No, oh, I was wow. not. Okay, I was not. So I uh, I was just uh, I was graduating college and I didn't really know what I was going to do next. I was actually pre vet. Thought I was going to be a veterinarian. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I didn't want to do that because I worked at a vet through college and I was like, I love animals, but I. This is not my, this is not for me. Um, So I was really searching for what was next. What am I going to do? And um, so my, my family chiropractor that I've gone to my whole entire life was like, really, you should go see somebody who's certified in this, somebody who specializes in taking care of pregnant mamas. And um, so that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that there was, as I was listening to you as we were setting up, that there was like a whole like organization built around training and certifying chiropractors and something other than just because my perception of chiropractics has always been up until probably the last maybe a couple of years has been you just go there get your back cracked right because your ribs out of place right which happened to me forever right and so which is a thing i mean that's that's definitely helps and it helps and it feels better but i never knew it could be anything else absolutely and then callie's like hey i'm taking matilda our daughter to the chiropractor, I'm like, she's one. Right. Exactly. You, you sure you meant chiropractor? Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's fascinating. And um the work that we do, it's so rewarding because there's nothing wrong with chiropractors who treat pain. It's valid. That's definitely there is a place for that. But for me personally, I want to do more than that. Like I want to help them be healthy from the get-go. And I mean, babies go through a lot in birth, you know, and even with not even talking about ties and restrictions and all that, but just the being in a uterus for 10 months and Mm -hmm. being going through the birth process, like that's a lot of stress on their little bodies. And so if we can help them have low stress levels, be relaxed, highly functional from day one, it makes mom's job and life a lot easier. It makes baby's life a lot easier and everybody's happy. So it's so amazing. So how did you advertise yourself because i feel like what he's saying we we have sort of an uphill battle in the education of what is the airway dentist right like like what is what that? is that Why, how does that differ from anything else isn't right. a dentist a dentist i got dentist? asked that the me and my son race go-karts and I, we have the airway dentist stickers on our go-kart and yeah so i was pushing it by another guy and he goes what is that and i was like that's what best question ever. yeah and, uh, and he goes the sticker and he's like Are you do you pull teeth on airplanes what <laughs> that, like, that's literally what they do we're doing it in right. air I was like, I oh yeah. airway yeah <laughs> There's another business venture <laughs> in the future. This is a private chat. Uh, you know? yeah. Here's a shot in your mouth. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and imagine like what Callie's saying. Like there's a lot of like I like I'm a layperson in chiropractics, right. and so I just didn't know there was. I mean, I didn't know I should even be you know, looking into that or like right. you know what are the signs and symptoms. So I mean, I don't know. I yeah. Want to, mm-hmm. to just curious, like when you were building 
to be as popular yep. that in in what you've been able to build. Yep. How because uh, and I'll share mine too, but like what was that like? Like how did how did anybody know you were there and you were worth going to see? It was hard from the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, it was for hard. Sure. Um for sure. What I did was when I was in chiropractic school, I had decided already that I wanted to be certified in pregnancy and pediatrics. I already knew before I went to okay. school, that's what I wanted to do. So I started um, I started learning from other doctors as much as I could. Excellent. And then I started trying to build a community because yeah. that felt really authentic to me. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to other providers who were seeing the same patients that I wanted to see. I was reaching out to midwives doulas, Fantastic. lactation consultants, and just yeah. building that community mm -hmm. and going out to lunch with them and yeah. having coffee. And they're like, okay, why would I send a pregnant mom to you who's having no pain? Why would I send a newborn baby to you who has never fallen off of a motorcycle before right. to you? Like, <laughs> sure. So like exactly. having those like, conversations. Yeah. Um, and then it just it just you know just snowballs from there yeah but the word of mouth is really huge mm -hmm. i think and yeah. it's still a, a a significant portion of our new patient referrals as yeah. well so i'm sure yeah well, see when right. a pharmaceutical company comes out with a new drug and they have to teach everyone about it they spend millions of dollars right. on it all week long and the super bowl ads and all this stuff but for the rest of us right we have to do education grassroots level car. yep yeah, yeah one at a time and i think that's that's also like really cool because in the beginning of building a business that's how you develop the relationships that really matter because you can connect with people you learn things at the same time too 100 and then as we've gotten bigger it's been one of those things where you know Kelly and i are really passionate about this dr hicks is really passionate about this dr amanda aparicio is really passionate about this but how that translates from them to the next person like our experience is very different and a lot more just in number than theirs is. And right. so, but as they get their, we call them reps, mm -hmm. you know, get their reps up. And I know you have docs in your group that you train and mentor. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, hope maybe later we'll ask about how you do that. Well, but, that's what we were actually talking about that when you walked in. Oh, good. Um, just how she picked them. Right. And and how we transfer that trust. Because I think there is a definite patient transfer of trust. When Absolutely. I've said, okay, you know, I'm not going to do restorative dentistry anymore. So if you come in and you were used to me doing the filling on your child. No, I want to see Dr. Daniels. Now I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. I want to see Dr. Daniels. <clears throat> right. Or, right. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm not willing to see somebody else. I want to see her. Right. And it's like managing that. So did yeah. you have that some in the beginning as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's... I think that, especially in the beginning, when you first bring on a new doc, people are a little bit reluctant, but we're always just super encouraging. And they know yes. that these doctors have trained under me. They're doing exactly what I do. Totally. They are on board with what we're, you know, our our entire philosophy is the same. And we're co-managing together. So all of our charts now are all electronic. You know yeah. that. So we can all see everything. We mm -hmm. always discuss cases. Yeah. Um, if there's a question, if there's a concern, even if mom has a concern and she's asking, you know, the doctor in the room, what do you think Dr. Daniels would think about XYZ? Mm -hmm. My doctor will pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, Susie wants to know what do you think about XYZ, right? Yes, so it's exactly. still like we're still co-managing everybody. Yeah. Um, and I love that we have three doctors because chiropractic mm -hmm. is hands-on. And so different hands feel different to different people too. Right. So if there is for, it is very, very, very rare. I mean, people love our, love our doctors, all of love them. It. But if there is something they're like, oh, I just kind of liked how this person did this differently. Perfect. Right. You can see that person. Absolutely. You know? Right. Um, so it's nice to have some variety. It's nice to have options and then know that we've got three brains that we can co-manage mm -hmm. together with versus just one person's thoughts, one person's ideas. And it's just made a, a really beautiful, yeah, really that, beautiful that's such a valid point. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of case discussions that we're doing with our with our docs and 
in this practice and outside of it. I mean, I think that is the secret to success for that patient. Right. Like it doesn't need to, I always say it's not the Cali show. Like right. at Flourish, it doesn't have to be the Lauren show, right? right? And in, and we're working with them to help them so that we can still see them because right. the position I think we were both in when mm-hmm. we expanded, and especially for me here, was I either had to send you somewhere outside of here to have exactly. your dental work done, or I found somebody that I vetted and loved and trusted. Right. And you still got to stay here, but somebody else was actually physically doing that. Right. And, you know, as we continue to grow, and as I think you are going to continue to grow, it's like, how do you and I pull ourselves out of the, it has to be us. Yes. And be able to treat more people because right. there needs to be more flourishes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, 100%. Just, like you just need, you know, and and us staying sane at the same time when we're working moms, yes. like we were talking about yes, earlier. we have 10,000 kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that so that our reach is bigger. Because I, I personally think my reach is bigger by mentoring dentists and teaching them how to do this. Absolutely. Versus just me sitting in there by myself, keeping all of my yeah. tips and tricks proprietary. And yep. like, and it became, you know, you couldn't get an appointment for three or four months. Well, that's not helpful. Like the kid that is choking on his tongue every single night, like yes. can't wait four months until they do a consultation with me. And so right. I think, you know, that was, it was so wise on your part to get more doctors and, yeah. and expand that way. Absolutely. Making yourselves more available. Like mm-hmm. you said, like the moms that are you know, having so much pain, they can't even feed their baby or the baby's not eating because they're so tight and so restricted. Right. They cannot wait for weeks. They need to eat. That's like very, very vital is eating. So that's a good segue actually into the collaboration that you and I do a lot together, which is the tongue tie you know, oral restrictions, TOTS discussion. Yes. So I get a lot of questions about that. I get questions on why I send to you first before I do the revision, right. you know, when they're little bitty. And so tell us how chiropractic care and body work really relates to tongue ties. Yes, I love this. We talk about this all day, every day at my office because most, I'm going to say most parents who bring their babies to us have zero idea why they're there right? They've just showed up because their dentist told them to come or lactation <laughs> told them to come right. or a speech or OT or whatever, sure. right? But they're like, I don't really know why I'm at the chiropractor for my newborn baby who has a tongue tie. And so we talk about fascia. Fascia is, we used to call it connective tissue. Remember in school, yep. like connective tissue. Yep. And nobody cares about connective tissue. You just cut right through and it should. and keep going. Yeah. Yes, right? <laughs> so that's the big thing right. is now over the past, I'd say like five to 10 years, they're really um, researching and learning about how important fascia is and what it does. And fascia is, it is connective tissue. It connects everything together. So when we're looking at fascial trains, we're seeing, okay, there might be a dysfunction in this region of the body, but we're having an effect all the way up here. Mm -hmm. And so working through that system, um, it's important that we're not just addressing part of the fascial train, but the whole thing. So when it comes to tongue ties, your frenulum is fascia, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, And that fascia is in my opinion, the most important fascial train in the whole body. It actually connects to the entire inside of the mouth Mm -hmm. up into the cranium, which is your skull, very important, down your spine, through your diaphragm, all the way down to your toes. So you're talking about that whole midline fascial train. And uh, when we see with babies who have that tension in their mouth, they're almost always going to have fascial restriction or asymmetry or tension somewhere else in the body too. Okay. So before the revision, what we find is that if we can assess that that child yeah. and find those restrictions and find that asymmetry and start to unwind that fascia through the rest of the body and through the cranium and in the mouth, it does a couple of different things. It makes your job 
easier, actually, Mm -hmm. because we start to loosen up even that tissue under the tongue, right? It's not going to be a complete, like a revision would be, but it starts to get it more manageable. Yeah. I'm sure you've had babies where you're like, oh my gosh, they're so tight. I can can barely get in there. there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It makes it super, super challenging. Sometimes dentists might have to go back and do a second revision or just, yep. you know, they got a partial because they couldn't access that full tie. Mm-hmm. So by doing that cranial sacrotherapy, that body work, um, chiropractic care, you know, there's a number of different words you can kind of interchange in there. And I can talk about that later too. But by doing a couple of sessions beforehand, we can just start to relax the whole system. And then that gives us more mobility. I love it. Then on the back end, we want to make sure that there's not a a big transfer of tension. Okay. So that fascia, I like to think of it as like a bungee cord mm-hmm. almost, right? So if the fascia, the bungee cord is being pulled really, really, really tight. This is a baby who's has a has a tongue tie, lip tie, cheek ties, whatever. And it's at maximum tension. There's been no body work done beforehand. You're at maximum tension. You're pulling that bungee cord. And if you cut that bungee cord, what happens is there's that big rebound, mm-hmm. right? That can happen in the fascia in our body too. So if we have a baby who's maximum tight, maximum tension in the mouth, we do a revision. Sometimes we'll see that trend, that tension transfer somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And now baby's stuck like this, yeah. right? Or now they're stuck like this. Yeah. And so just you've, re- you've fixed one problem, but maybe we've kind of allowed, yeah, allowed another problem to arise. I can still fix that, but it's just much gentler if we do that start to unwind the tension, then do a revision, then on the back end, just make sure we're mitigating any other tension, mitigating any stress, mitigating any asymmetry that might pop up afterwards too. Yeah. And those babies do so well. Yeah. I mean, they healing is healing. They have to go through, you know, the stretches. It's not fun. No. <laughs> but <laughs> that's always the worst part. I know. But it's so worth it. Right. It's so worth it's it so to worth get it, it done and have it heal, right? But yeah. but if the babies are are in a lower stress state and they're functioning and their body is moving and their muscles are working together and they're not stuck in this fight or flight mm-hmm. stress response, healing is so much better. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's, that's um, so good. My problem here is I don't know much about this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just learned through He's a surgeon. So, he's, yeah. so what is like, uh, were well, you saying a baby? Like what's, mm-hmm. how old's a baby? So I like, mean. What's your age range? Literally newborn. Two days. Yeah. yeah. Days. So birth to like but, when, well, we don't do, re- you don't do releases on like three-year-olds. Um, I do refer for if they need sedation from the ages of like 18 months to like yeah. three or four, that's kind of hard, but yeah. But, yeah. Okay. but yeah. she's doing it. She's seeing everybody though. We do everybody. So, yeah. I mean, even adults, like even if adults are doing phrenectomies, we're doing body work and cranial sacrotherapy before and after for them too. Now, are we going to get as much movement in the cranium? No, because they don't have as yeah. much freedom of those joints, but um it's still important. So any anybody, like if they're getting a revision done, I feel like they should be checked to make sure that there's not also something we can help with body-wise as well. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of cool because like I did feel handicapped, but every now and then they forced me to see a patient. And <laughs> he is a dentist, y'all. <laughs> Contrary to how he acts in here. <laughs> so well, all my all my patients come to me on referral. Like, mm-hmm. do I, this, pull this tooth, remove this bone, blah, blah, blah. And but every now and then I have to cover for somebody and and it was a, I was like, this, this three-year-old has a, has a tie, a, a tethered oral tissue. I was tissue. so proud. I was like, good I job. Did, no. I learned tethered oral tissue in yeah. that same yeah. week. Yeah. So yeah. I did no. <laughs> Sorry. And, and uh, actually I said, oh, this, I think I texted you or I called you because you were out of town. And I said, yeah, this baby's got a frenulum. And she's like, all babies have frenulum. <laughs> Is it like, restricted? What are you trying to I tell know, me? But I wouldn't bring it so, up if it was regular. Okay. Right. right. And so, <laughs> just giving him a hard time. She's like, oh yeah. She, you knew the patient and you're like that. 
either like 24 months or like 30 months old. It, they're too old to do it because they can't sit without sedation. I'm like, why would you sedate a kid for something like that? Like, unless like it was really, past, mm-hmm. we have to do it, mm-hmm. send it to you. Unless it was a big problem. But I'm, what I'm hearing you say is it it's your flourish is like an alternative to doing the tie until they can tolerate a, a release <laughs> later on. Or prepping them for one prepping that has to be sedated. Yeah. Okay. Either way. We yeah. have parents that choose to wait exactly. until they can come back to you. Right. And then, and yes, they'll still do the body work during that time period as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We have one baby right now who she is 16 months old. She's very delayed in all of her all of her milestones and she has a massive grade four tie. I mean, like it is just like clear as day. Poor baby. She cannot eat. The mom's like, you know, and of course this is a whole other story, but in the beginning, everybody's like, oh no, she's fine. Blah, blah, you know, whatever. Blowing her off, blowing her off left and right. Right. This child clearly, I mean, anybody can see it. So anyway, she was very delayed on all her milestones and she has been waiting, waiting, waiting to get in and do the, Mm. do the release. But you know, sometimes people have long waiting lists. Yeah. And so we started working with her and the baby started walking after like three adjustments, which is crazy. Right. Because this is a child who'd been delayed on everything and she's 15, 16 months old, still not walking. And um, just by starting to unwind some of that tension in the body, she was able to get some mobility, get better communication from her nervous system to her muscles and start to make that milestone come together. So that is wild. It's crazy. That is wild. Like this. I mean, is do what you I do every day? Like it's the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. So wild. I mean, because there's no other explanation for that, right? And so you you hear these stories, and then you're just like, is that really possible? Did they did they really do that? So probably so just here listening. Happened. You guys talk. I'm like worried about my posture. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm the worst too, though. Like I need to get adjusted a lot. I, I need to get a tooth cleaning. Okay, right. Like, it's, just, like, it's the same thing, literally. But we like, take we, really good care of our patients. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not so much ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's just crazy. I'm so proud right. of you. I mean, that is it's like, amazing. That is a really cool thing, and it's such a it's such an important discussion because I think ultimately whether or not the tie needs to be revised is about that collaboration. Right. So re- very recently, I mean, there's a lot of opinions on this. That's true. They, I mean, there's opinions on whether or not I su- I should suture. Right. I have OMTs that want me to suture. Mm-hmm. I have ones that don't want me to suture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I think I probably just need to go with how I've been trained and what I think is best for the patient. Right. Sometimes you can't if the kid is not, you know, we get it released and you can't because right. they're done, then they're done. Yeah. But it's just so crazy. I'm sure there's the same sort Absolutely. of like oh, yeah. narrative and like things oh you're fighting gosh. to within yours. Yeah. What's the um, beef in Cairo? Oh, <laughs> gosh. We, we got a lot <laughs> so of them. So many. There's so <laughs> many. There is. You know, the yeah. one that kills me the most is is that is when we're working with a baby, especially like plagiocephaly torticollis, which goes hand in hand with ties mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Plagiocephaly torticollis, we can fix that. We do it every single day. And we'll have babies who are coming to us for like, you know, a few weeks. And they're like, oh, I went to my four-month pediatrician appointment. He told me it's very, very dangerous. You should never go to the chiropractor. Oh, and my then, gosh. Yes. And the moms get scared sometimes. And they're like worried. And, you know, so then I try to reach out to the pediatrician and I just try to educate because – in all fairness, they probably think that we're doing massive, big manual movements. Popping and cracking. Snap, like crack, said. and pop. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, right? That's what people right. think of our chiropractic right. adjustment. So in the pediatrician's defense, that's probably valid. Like, I would never recommend that somebody takes their baby to go get and snapped that. and popped. and Like, that should never happen. So if you ever see that happening, that is wrong. That right. is not, that's not appropriate for a baby. Right. Um, so we try to talk through that. But that's that's probably the biggest 
one of the biggest roadblocks I run into. And it doesn't happen often, but it does happen, I'd say, maybe a couple of times a year. Well, and that's that, that's not any different in dentistry. I mean, we we have plenty of opinions coming right. from the expansion that we do, for example, in just the orthodontic realm. Right. And But what I was getting at earlier was what I've learned with all of these different scenarios is that the patient's journey is going to be very like personal to them. So now if I have a tie that I'm on the fence about, I send to you and I'm like, let them feel it. Like what they're able to tell about whether or not this is really affecting the child is the the most important for me. We have myofunctional therapy in the office. I'll say, let her look at you and decide if your tongue tie really is a problem. Because in my own personal journey, having my revision done in January, I healed great. I have incredible mobility. I would do it again in a heartbeat. But if you were to look and feel under my tongue, you'd see a scar Mm -hmm. and you'd say, yeah, you're kind of still tied. Like Mm -hmm. that that would be, especially mm-hmm. if you knew I'd never done it, mm-hmm. the the conversation would probably be, did you know you were tongue-tied? <laughs> you know, so I think also as the providers, we need to be careful about that because you can go in and feel one and be like, oh, they're tied and they're really restricted. And the parents would be like, we got that fixed, you know, and you're going to hurt somebody right. that maybe you don't need to hurt, like, True. you know, with, with the previous provider. But it's so important, I think, now to, to assess form and function right. than it is to just go in and cut Absolutely. right away. And there are cases, right, where there's a one that maybe is borderline or yes. like a grade one, two. And we're like, do we revise this? Do we just see if we can do some unwinding, do exactly. some cranial sacral therapy? Right. We have cases where the baby's too great and then you know yes. the parents are like okay well we'll wait and you know we'll wait and see maybe down the road if they need it but maybe they won't so that's definitely yeah. a possibility too and i just think that's important because mm-hmm. if you don't know that and your only tool is the laser i showed you in the right. hallway right and that's going to be your your go-to for everything absolutely and that's why hopefully this this podcast encourages us to work in the community and find their people to help yeah. them because we have to do better. Yeah. Like I said at the dinner when we first met, I was like, we're not a healthy society. So whatever right. we're doing is not working. When I, like we, I say that all the time. Like yeah. I, I could have just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. So let's just do it a little different and see yes. if we get a better outcome in the next 50 years. Right. You know? And we can't, no, no one doctor can do everything. Exactly. You know, I feel like it used to be like, okay, I'll try the PT for six months. If that doesn't work, then I'll try the OT for six months. If that doesn't work, then I'll do this. Right. right? And now I love, love, love that we're collaborating right. and we're saying, no, like it's not me versus her and 100%. it's not this doctor versus that. It's we're all going to communicate. We're all on team, get the patient better, whatever right. that looks like. Yeah. And that is sure relatively new, I feel like, in the mm-hmm. past like five to 10 years. It is. Too. It really is. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, I just think alternative medicine in general is, is a growing movement. I think enough people have decided they need to seek better, yes. you know, different care because yeah. maybe whatever they're doing isn't working. Not working. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's really important. Okay. So also with craniosacral therapy, um, you've, you've touched on it a little bit, but tell me, you've seen patients of mine, I'm sure that are in expanders. We do upper and lower expanders. Yes. Where you feel like you come in probably before and after again. But what does that look like with palate expansion? Right. So good. So the palate, that's the center of your cranium. There's a headphone there. (laughs) That's the center of your cranium, right? So when we move the palate, just like we were kind of talking about with the fascia, but this is more like bone structure too. You can't just move one bone and everything else stays the same. Right, right. right. There's going to be changes in other areas too. With the cranium, depending on the age of the person, we have movement in those sutures. Of course, the younger child, the more movement we're going to have in the sutures. But if I can keep that cranium, the rest of the sutures moving and keep that tissue as loose as possible, then your expander is going to work better because yeah. that palate is going to have more mobility mm-hmm. through the rest of the tissue. Mm-hmm. Versus if you're trying to move the palate, expand the palate, and everything else is like 
holding really on tight. so tight, not moving, yeah. it's just going to take longer. It might sure. not be as a, you know, it's still going to be effective, but it's just going to be a different process. Right. Um, versus if we can get the whole body to kind of work together, it's going to be easier on the patient, yeah. much more comfortable. So too. you can do it if the expanders are in place. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's not in your way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's great to know. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. I'm enjoying this <laughs> a lot. It's, so it's fascinating. Well, I, yeah. Before you start talking about that, y'all talking about the collaborative care and how that's changing. And I think, I, I don't know if it's just because of the exposure is, is way more now than it was for us. Like when, when I got out of dental school in 2016 is it seems like in this world of alternative medicine or crunchy, it is like I love that. me too. <laughs> it, I, I love I love it too because it's very polarizing. Yeah. In that moment, right? Yeah. Like there's and you do enjoy being polarizing. I'll I say do. that. <laughs> I do. It, but it's like it's almost like we're a band of brothers where we're just like we're not hurting anyone. Right. Right. Show me the person I hurt. Right. You know? But I, I have this long list of people that I've helped. Right. Do I have, you know, a good point. 80 years of research because it's been in hospitals and universities? No. Who has the funding for that? Yeah. Exactly. Nobody but, has the funding for that. And mm-hmm. I have a really good friend and mentor, Alistair McDonald, who calls anecdotes early evidence. Isn't that great? And so yeah. we use that all the time. Like, I, I'm going to say this is an anecdote. And and that's how sometimes when we're talking to our colleagues, our peers, um, that's how we kind of like, it's almost like we put handcuffs on ourselves. Oh, well, it's an, an anecdotally I saw this and anecdotally I see this and it's a way that we kind of downplay it to them. And I think we're, sometimes we do that at a discount to us and a discount to right. our patients because it's like, no, this actually did work. Right. Dude. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like, can I, yeah. how, how can I drive that? It, it might be an anecdote technically, but it's still a case study. Absolutely. And then what do we build all research on? Case studies, patient by patient. You slowly go up the pyramid yes. with the and research so and review. We all saw the pyramid in school. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. I feel yeah. like it's our generation too, yeah. of doctors and patients and just people in general. Like we're just asking more questions. Right. I feel like there was, you know, our parents were just raised in a different time and you they, just, were. they didn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. They just, okay. The level of trust is, in healthcare was way oh, higher it was back in, then. It was I mean, it's crazy. in the tank now. It's in the tank yeah. now. I mean, we right. we wouldn't be, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing and I wouldn't be doing what I'm 100%. doing if we didn't have patients that were getting second opinions. Exactly. Our grandparents Constantly. were kids. They would trust yeah. their dentists, their police officers, yep. their politicians. Maybe not the politicians as much back then, but like now, like you look at those same charts. It was a, actually in dental school, someone showed me this chart from 1970 yep. to 2010 and the difference in trust and how they ranked and visually trust. Like the only thing that's still at the top are clergy. Right. So, yeah, right. And sure. but police fell off the list. Doctors yeah. and dentists fell off the list. And that's really sad. It is sad. So. But that's why we're I think it's just amazing what we're doing is because mm-hmm. people and maybe it's social media and it's internet, like there's just so much more access to easily accessible information. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it might not be peer reviewed literature, but guess what? My moms who have three kids who Absolutely. their kids are not getting better with right. the traditional model. Peer reviewed previous care stuff. about peer reviewed. Uh, absolutely not. Like, they just want answers for their child. Right. And and that's, I think, the biggest problem with doing things the old way all the time. Yeah. Because by the time I think the literal literature catches up to you and I, girl, I'm going to be retired by that. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. But we will have helped thousands of babies right. and kids uh, since. Right. And so, like Kyle said, we've got a whole list of people that we've helped, none that we've hurt. Yeah. So why are we not trying this? Right. But getting, you know, getting the information, the education out to the community that we even exist is a big deal. It is. So, and I know we've touched on that a little bit. Okay. But. I want to get into some more Cairo stuff because, like, I'm, again, this is for me. This is not about you. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, We're here for you. Ridiculous. That's right. You, see how, oh, I know. She must have told you that. <laughs> no, I didn't. It is all about me. She did tell me. Uh, <laughs> She's like, like, by the way. So I've got an eight-year-old, four-year-old, uh, a six-year-old, eight, six, and four-year-old. But like, if I had a newborn, when, like, we tell our, we tell parents all the time, like, bring them for a happy visit, just so they can experience the dental office. But when right. do they need to see a dentist? At their one year. Or um, if you suspect a, a, a tethered yeah. oral tissue or when they get their first tooth. That's right. kind of like our go-to one of these three things. So yeah. what about you and your patients? Yeah, good question. So I say it depends on the birth and it depends on what's happening. Um, so if we have a really long, drawn-out birth, maybe it was a home birth transferred to the hospital, a little traumatic, we want to see that baby like ASAP. Right yeah. Um, Usually moms know that, especially moms who've been working with us in pregnancy. They're like, I'm going straight to the car. Like they'll call us from the hospital and they're like, I need an appointment. You know, we need to get in. Um, otherwise, I say generally, honestly, within the first month or two, we want to see just how the baby did with birth. We want to see, you know, is there some torticollis that's starting to form? Is there any latch issues that we need to correct right away? Um, is there something that's kind of like starting to rear its head up that we can get ahead of before it becomes like a full-blown issue? Can you say what torticollis is? Yes. Only time I've ever heard of it is is someone who has like a, a torticollis like twitch. Okay, so with torticollis, that is when a baby it can be muscular or skeletal, and I have a bone to pick with this too. <laughs> Do it. Get you on your soapbox. <laughs> this is your chance. No, if you talk to right the major medical world, they're going to tell you it's an SCM, which is your your neck muscle here, right? It's going to it's a spasm or a shortening of that muscle. Mm -hmm. Which yes, that muscle is a hundred percent involved. But I also fully believe you cannot have just a muscle issue without having a bone issue because they're connected always 100% of the time. So what happens is the baby comes and they look like this, or every time they fall asleep, they're always looking to the side, or they're only nursing on one side. Um, it's a very clear, the mom will say they favor one side, they favor the right side. Babies don't really have like a favorite side. Mm -hmm. They're not right-handed or left-handed yeah. at that point. Like they should be doing everything equally, right? Yeah. And so if we if we hear that or we see that, that's something we want to get ahead of really, really quick. We want to make sure they've got mo full mobility going both directions equally, um, nursing on both sides equally. You know, if they're starting to roll over, they should be rolling both directions. So it's symmetry. Yeah. Yeah. And that Wonderful. can yeah, and that can lead to like plagiocephaly is another really big thing that we see a lot, which is flattening in the head. Of course, if they're always going one direction, they're craniums are super moldable so we'll see big old flat spots on one side or an ear that's shifting forward on one side that's going to affect their jaw down mm -hmm. the road so i mean it, it's all tying together so wow. if we just make sure that they are like i said set up from the beginning to be functioning optimally that's that's what we want yeah so if a mom's bringing in their first kid for the first time to see you they're one month two months old mm -hmm. um would it, and everyone, everyone kind of being on like a bell curve, like what's the average experience like for a, a yeah. family? You mean like as far as when, so when they're just first coming in? Yeah, they're coming in, they get an exam, you recommend some treatment and yep. then the average is every three months, every six gotcha. months. Gotcha. Yeah. And so everybody's different. So if they're, ha if they're just truly wellness care and they're like, hey, we just want to come in every so often and get our spine checked and make sure everything's healthy and good. Um we can see, let's check you every couple months and see how you're doing. If baby hits a milestone, I want to check them right away. So I want to make sure that milestone's balanced, right? If they're crawling, they should be crawling both hands, both knees. If they're rolling over, they should be going both directions. So always at milestones, we want to check and see where they're at. If they have a big fall, we want to check the baby. That's a big one. Babies, you know, they fall out of cribs. They fall <laughs> off of changing tables. Like, can we rewrite time? Thanks. My, my six-year-old can fall out of a chair onto the chair. How do you choose that? She's just really 
It's yeah. like, graceful. It's like there's a sniper in our backyard that gets here every now and then. And just, we, we must have the same kids. Appointment because, <laughs> yeah, we must have the same kids because we'll, we'll, we have four, well, four of the kids will be sitting at the table and just sitting there eating dinner. And the ones on the floor. Yeah, like yeah. nobody touched her. Like, yeah. what happened yeah. to yeah. you yeah. just now? Literally, our daughter. I have to, I have to tell crazy. her stand with both feet flat on the floor, <laughs> right? right now, so I can talk to you because they're not. I need to take her to see you. I do because she's fallen so many times. She, she said that I was like, all the kids are yeah. getting yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it happens. Yeah. And moms always come. They feel so bad. They're like, oh, she fell off the bed. She fell off the chair. I'm like, yeah, it happens. Little tiny babies. Yeah. It oh, it happened with our kids. You yeah. know. And are they? They're they're okay. Like we didn't do any like massive brain damage, but like let's adjust them. Make sure everything's in a good position. Position and like send them on their way yeah, yeah. so that kind of thing right um but as far That's as maintenance amazing. care goes yeah it's just you know every maybe every so often just check and make sure everything's still in a good place because kids are busy mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna climb they're gonna fall they're gonna have all these different stressors coming at them yeah from different angles constantly have you um this is kind of a random question that just came out but have you ever helped somebody that needed glasses like have, have you when they're still growing to prevent the prescription from getting worse is this totally not like in that, that i mean we, that would be so cool then i could really say like yeah. we work miracles that'd be yeah. amazing yeah. i i haven't no, i'm getting a baby to walk experience. is a miracle lord you're no, already a miracle it worker is. It is. <laughs> so i have the coolest job in the world yes. you have a really cool job too. <laughs> thank you thank you um but no i haven't had that experience yeah. yet i would love to because yeah. i'd fix my own eyes if i knew somebody who could <laughs> I, know I had lasik when i was there our son has glasses and i'm like is there anything we could do yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. cool. But very I mean, cool. you never know. Cranial work is amazing. So mm-hmm. it just, it is. It's all about just freeing the nervous system so that yeah. the nervous system is functioning optimally. Mm-hmm. And that can look like so many different things. Yeah. And I feel like doing that while they're growing is the same soapbox I'm on, yeah. which is fix their jaws while they're growing. Exactly. So like, why wouldn't we be also doing that? 100%. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love this. This is, I'm again, like I'm just, <laughs> Eating I'm just it soaking up. it up. So, so uh, what is cranial work? Like, can, yeah. you, can you describe that for me? Because I, I have... A very, again, with my old vision of what Cairo is, yeah. I just see like some <laughs> giant hand head, you know? man that <laughs> played high school well, you baseball. You can't do it really on you because you're older. They're rubbing your head. Yeah. Well, it's very, re- it is very relaxing. So we are, we're working You'd love it. on. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You probably would. We do. Can we you always... show everyone on camera? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna lay down right here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very. It is. It's very relaxing. So with babies, they're born and they have all these different. They're like tectonic plates that make up their cranium, right? They're mm-hmm. just literally slabs Great of bone yeah. mm-hmm. and so we want to make sure that those plates aren't going to do this and they're not going to do this like they just should be kind of they're sutures so they should literally line up like a suture and then get sealed that way um, so the cranial work is very very gentle um, we do some kind of like pulsing techniques we hold pressure in certain positions we might do some kind of like there's some little like corkscrew type of maneuvers they're different releases that we're doing through the cranium but we're assessing the shape of the cranium we're assessing the restriction the suture lines if one side is closing faster than the other especially like the coronal suture if we have a baby who's pushing really far forward on the occiput you'll see one side's closing faster than the mm, other that's where mm. i was saying it's going to affect like the ear position is going to be further forward the jaw is going to be affected by that the palate's going to be affected there's no way yeah. around that yeah if the head shape is not symmetrical there will be repercussions that's just that's just the human body right mm-hmm. um and then there'd be compensation down the road so it's very 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 gentle but it's it's really um making that assessment as far as where the restriction or the asymmetry is and then using those specific gentle techniques to correct it. Babies sometimes fall asleep during cranial work. Oh, I love it. It's very that. relaxing. Yeah. Um, or if they're asleep when we start, they'll just stay asleep and then mm-hmm. they kind of fall into like this deeper sleep. You see them breathing like really deeply and just yeah. parents are like, what? 
Like, can you come over at eight o'clock tonight sure and ask you that? Can you come at three in the morning? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and that's wow. a side effect of chiropractic, right? Like I always warn patients before, or really the parents beforehand, sure. like your baby might sleep really well tonight. Yeah. And that's, that's normal. That, yes, that's okay, normal. Good. Yeah. Um, or your baby might have like a really big bowel movement. Yeah. That's normal. Because right. we're transitioning from that high sympathetic nervous system, that fight mm-hmm. or flight stress response into that parasympathetic dominant where we're resting and digesting and I healing love it. Love all the it. good things. Yeah. Right. And so that's always my like warning about side effects from what we do. Good. Yeah. Because they do ask me that too. Like, what is it going to be like? Or what about after? So right. I'm glad you clarified. It's so gentle. Though, like I said, there's never going to be, there's no popping. There's nothing scary. Nothing's going to hurt the baby or be uncomfortable ever. Um, I have some videos on my social media, on my Instagram too, just to kind of oh, ease people's minds so yeah. they can see what it looks awesome. like and they can see how gentle it is. Good. Because otherwise, yeah, we have this idea of, popping and clicking and what what is a traditional yeah. you know, big chiropractic right. adjustment and we yeah. do see adults in the office and we do offer those big manual adjustments um they're still super gentle but it's just not appropriate for kids and babies yeah like, ever um right. but they do really really well oh that's yeah. awesome we'll it's be amazing. we'll be sure to tag your instagram on here too so people yeah. can go watch those videos because yeah. i think it'll put a lot of it, put them at ease when you when you take a, a little baby in and you see how gentle it is it's it just makes you want to keep doing it so. yeah it's true <laughs> that's I mean, great it's amazing yeah so why did you name your your company flourish <laughs> so part of it was um i mean flourish right when i was thinking of what do we represent as our business like what are we doing every day all day and truly i want these babies to flourish it sounds so cheesy mm, but it's it. true no it's good we love cheddar yeah oh, <laughs> that's how we do all the time here. we're I very cheesy it. too yeah it. you know really like that's what i want for the people who come into my practice i want them to feel like they are living their best life they are functioning optimally so that they can achieve whatever their goals are, whether right. it's, you know, being a mom or breastfeeding your baby or your totally. babysitting milestones. Like, right. I want them to flourish. I don't want them to just survive. I don't want them to just, like, make it through life. I want them to feel like they're living their best I version of their life. That. I yeah. love that. Oh, that's, that's us. wonderful. All right. Can we, can we, I don't know. I just, having another provider here, I feel like you've gone through a lot of the hurdles that we've had. You yeah, know, we should talk about just, that. Like, on the business side, but also on the professional side. And yeah. we kind of jokingly mentioned about you know, throwing some punches at um, like established chiropractic care and established healthcare. But um, like we, we've got a really couple of really big pet peeves in dental. And one of the big ones is pulling uh, bicuspids because it's an orthodontist telling a mom, oh, they just got too many. Right. And the mouth's too small. When you oh, said yeah. that at the, at the dinner, I was like, thank you. I still have yeah. my wisdom teeth. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're probably there for a purpose. Yes. I yeah. don't know what they are really. Right. You'd probably just help you eat. I don't really yeah, know, but like yeah. I have them for a it's reason. Amazing. You know? yeah. And it's, so what, what's that like for us? That That is like, we call it, I call it, no, I'm going to say I, I call it lazy orthodontics mm-hmm. because orthodontics has been the same mm-hmm. for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really cool because we can go backwards in time far enough that everything's really well documented in the early 1900s. And we see that myofunctional therapy was actually invented by orthodontists. And now I they're like, that. oh, you can't do anything with yeah. myofunctional Politically, therapy. that narrative changed somewhere in what, the 50s? Do yeah. you remember? And, uh, and, hmm. and so I don't know I don't what, why or, or what the reason is behind it. But um, for me, selfishly, this part's kind of cool. So like, what are there any stories in you know, on your side of the pond where it's, you know, this thing has changed or how do, how do the, how does the rest of chiropractic medicine look at neonatal chiropractic? Is it all kind of one big happy family? 
Um, I don't think that's so interesting, right? So there's like these two kind of separate groups of chiropractic. And I don't I don't think they look at us negatively. I just don't think they have a clue what we're doing or why. Sure. I think they're just like, I don't know why you'd ever take your baby to the chiropractor. Or they're like, well, I'm a chiropractor. I can adjust the baby. Just bring the baby to me. Right. That's my biggest pet peeve is if you want to adjust babies, please take the courses. Please know what you're doing. Yes. Get trained under a pediatric chiropractor because they are not the same. Like a little tiny baby is not the same as your 25-year-old athlete that you're treating. And you're really, really good at treating those 25-year-old athletes, and they're doing super. But this baby is different. They are, their spine is different. All of their joints are different. Their cranium is different. Everything is different. So you cannot just think that because, and here's the scary part, technically it is within their scope of practice. You do not have to have this specific certificate to adjust babies. Sure. Um, so they're completely within their their right to do so, but it's scary. So that's my pet peeve is like, if you want to adjust babies, do, please do it. Like mm-hmm. get the education and help them because there's more babies that need more chiropractors, but do it the right way. Absolutely. Do and it right. Do, hey, that's what, yeah. Just do it right. Just do it right. <laughs> Stop doing Don't it wrong. Don't hurt people. Don't hurt Because people. then that puts our right. profession at risk too. Because what happens if a baby goes to the wrong chiropractor and has some sort of horrible. Yes. Yeah. And that's my biggest fear. Absolutely. You know, um, so I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. Probably. It is. That's a big deal because yeah. I think what the public doesn't understand about how not not even polarizing but how unique what you and I are trained in. Right. different um, you know in dentistry and in Cairo is the the mainstream narrative can can wreck a small business oh so fast. Yeah. I, I mean a a viral post about some some baby getting hurt, getting yes. adjusted, or somebody having teeth fall out when they were expanded, which has yeah. never happened. For the yeah. <laughs> never ever had that happen. It just immediately is going to shut them down from. Right. Well, maybe I shouldn't trust that, yeah. and it's really sad. So I, I think as as much as our patients love us and how much great success we have with our cases that are coming in, yeah. we have to we have to hold our colleagues accountable that yes. if they're going to do this and talk about it and say they know how to do it, they better have yes. the training for. For it because it's in the, it's no different in dentistry. You can you can do certain things if you go take a weekend course somewhere, but I don't right. recommend you do that. Exactly. Like I think you need to have a really firm understanding before you were to call yourself an airway dentist. Yeah. <laughs> like really understand what you're doing exactly. Um, yeah, because we're the ones fighting the phone calls. Well, and you know I don't have TikTok. I don't really yes. know what it is. I don't, but right. I, I probably should. I don't. Everybody has TikTok, yeah. right? I think it's like a business thing. I don't. I don't yeah. know how to do TikTok. Yeah, but um. There's TikTok videos. People watch chiropractic adjustments on TikTok. Yeah. Like that's a whole Absolutely thing. They do. Yeah. I don't do it. And I always tell my patients, don't do it because yeah. they get scared and they're like, right. I have moms come there like, here's my baby, but I'm terrified because we watch this TikTok video. Mm-hmm. Okay. Step one, don't watch the TikTok exactly. videos, yeah. right? Like <laughs> turn off the TikTok. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what's happening on the TikTok videos, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's scary because um, I think in Australia, they actually did get shut down as far as being able wow. to adjust children under the age of two. Now, we are not Australia. We right. are still United States of America. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in that country, it is, you are not allowed to adjust babies under the age of two. Oh, that's so sad. And it wasn't even a chiropractor who, you know, was sued. It was like a, I was like a massage therapist or somebody oh, no. who wasn't yeah. even licensed to be doing what they were promoting or doing. And now the whole country suffers yeah. because one person was, exactly. was dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really it's unfortunate. very, very frustrating. Yeah. So, so would you recommend people that are listening to this that are not in our area go to that 
organization where you said you train yep. your, you get your doctors from? Exactly. ICPA, um, their website is ICPA, the number four kids.com. Okay. Um, and so you can actually go onto that website and type in your zip code. Okay. And search for providers near you. Okay, wonderful. The first ones that pop up, they have the the more letters behind their name, the more of their certificates yeah. they have. That's the easiest way to tell. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there's some people who are just like members of, sure. and they'll pop up on there too, and that's fine. But then I would maybe call the office and say, hey, do you have experience with this? And you know, maybe ask them some questions. Sure. Like, how many babies do you see for um, in a month or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many babies yeah. do you treat for body work? How many sure. babies are you working with other dentists in the area? Are you working with lactation? And those answers they should have really quickly. Yeah. You know, um, and then once you build your network, you're golden because then you just can just keep co-managing back and forth Absolutely. and collaborate and it's just a beautiful relationship. It, is. it definitely so, is. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that as well for with us between us. Yeah. So when you just on the business side, did you build your website to really promote what you guys do? Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So I I started off like I said I was dead set on what I wanted to do. I knew moms and babies. The airway stuff kind of, or the tongue tie stuff kind of came to me. Yeah. It kind of happened okay, to me. Same. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's how it goes. Like <laughs> nobody goes to chiropractic school like, I want to help babies with tongue ties. Yeah, like, that exactly. Just, it just happened. And it was awesome. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. So I dove in deeper and got more education, did more classes, learned more, talked to dentists, talked to lactation, all the things. This is years ago. Um, but yeah, no, I knew... I wanted to specialize in moms and babies, and that's how I'm branding myself. That's how right. I'm going to market myself. And I'm big on that. I always talk to new chiros, like, you know, just out of school or just starting their own practice. Don't try to be everything. Right. Mm. Nobody can be everything. I pass these chiropractors, and they're like, you know, they have all the words on their doors. Zero to 100. Like, yeah. yeah. I think where they're like uh, athletes and geriatric people and PT, and PT. <laughs> yeah. they're doing all the like, weight loss and like they're yeah. doing all these wow. things like pick what you're good at and absolutely. be really 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 good at that thing absolutely that's do we seem very similar in personality yeah <laughs> we're like staring a brain no no but it's so true our patient it's was really right hard to, yeah, no, she was thank you jenny <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this um yeah but i i think that general dentistry is is really really difficult because you can after dental school you can just go in and practice as a general dentist or you can go do residency in, a, in prosthodontics or in, you know mm -hmm. oral surgery orthodontics but if you're a general dentist you're expected to be able to do it all right and it's important as a general dentist to be able to do most things. But once I was able to step back and say, I want to be the best airway dentist that there ever was, right. and I want to focus on that, it allowed me to study just that. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Well, well and like you're, you mentioned that chiropractors have the same license and privileges kind of across the board. General dentists are the same. Yep. Yeah. So you can go do residencies and the only one, um, the only thing that you can't do as a general dentist that a residency, residency does let you do are the six-year oral surgery programs where you become a physician at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a level of sedation privileges that we can't get as a dentist. So essentially everything all at once, all the time, the general dentist, I think I have a lot of sympathy for him because it's a really hard job to have because there's a lot of pressure. Um, but if you're doing one thing once a month, you're never getting good at it. Yeah. It's like if you make one denture once a month, if most people, most general dentists make one denture every couple of months. And they feel like they're good at dentures. Wow. So, I mean, imagine if we learned how to walk taking one step every, right. every 30 days. Right. Like, that would <laughs> yeah. be right. awful. Yeah. Right. We're never going to get good at it. And so, um, to y'all's point, I mean, I love seeing healthcare providers in a focused practice. Me too. Me too. Because it's, I just feel like, one, I'm getting better taken care of if I'm there. 
right. because you're seeing more problems. And that's one of the things that's come up with us is, you know, we, my father-in-law and I have, a, well, had, we still have a, a surgery practice. It used to be very, very busy because we were practicing full time. And now we're both one day a week. And the complications that would happen, like no one, no one has a great lecture for the complications you're going to encounter or the right. unhappy patients or the outcomes right. that weren't planned, right. right? All those things. And so when you're in a focus care, which I think is why y'all's model works really well. I think it's why Cal, our model here works really because we have Callie who is focused on this, right? Like she's not going to do your fillings because it's not because it's a waste of her time or she doesn't like doing it. It's because it's not the highest and best use of her time. Right. And there's a difference between someone who doesn't want to do fillings and someone who that shouldn't be doing fillings. Absolutely. Yeah, I am really good at the rest of the stuff. But I just, yeah. anyway, no. <laughs> but you I to, you're growing your passion. Like when you're doing what fills you up every day absolutely. and what like fires you up, yeah. that's, I mean, and I, think I wouldn't it, want to practice any other way. Absolutely. And I think like to what you're saying, the complications and stuff, there was never a complication that you... And my dad hadn't heard before and couldn't manage immediately. Like, and I, th and I'm sure you've gotten to the same point. I mean, mm -hmm. there's literally not an expander or tooth pillow complication that I <laughs> haven't already heard, right. haven't already overcome exactly. and can guide the families like that. Yep. And I think that earlier you were, me you were mentioning being authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such key. And when we were growing our practices, because you can go see a, a, a provider, I don't care what specialty they're in. And if you, that patient doesn't feel that authenticity and trust, they are not going to be your patient. Exactly. It's not going to work for you. Exactly. And I think as a as somebody looking to, you know, start a practice or take debt on to expand or do what we've done, mm -hmm. you really need to think about that. Yeah. Because if you have a case acceptance issue before that, having a nice shiny building with pretty doors and white walls is not going to change that. Right. And so I, I just think that's important to anybody listening to us is that you've got to have that trust. Yep. And you need to have a mentor. Yep. I mentor a lot of dentists. You're mentoring plenty. Yep. And and just even within your own organization so that we know what we're talking about. Absolutely. Because if I go have surgery, I want it, I want to be the easiest case that day. Right. <laughs> like whoever's treating me, right. like I want this to be like, oh, I'm going to get through this and then I'm going to go have lunch. Right. Absolutely. Like, no, I don't want to be the complication. Yep. And so, you know, I think that that's a privilege that a lot of, a lot of people don't have is to focus their practice. Right. Well, and I feel like I feel like your patients deserve the expert. Like, Absolutely. They deserve to go see the expert in their field. So be the expert. Oh my gosh, I have a slide <laughs> literally that says that. Like, Those three like, words are on one slide and that's like, that's, that's like amazing. Soul sisters. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All I right. So it. we're like an hour into this. Um, I know. It's going longer than we thought, but this is really quick. Yeah. Um, selfishly, like we have tens of dentists that listen to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so very tens. lucky tens of dentists. I know. I know. And I actually randomly talked to one the other day. He's like, You sound familiar. And I was like, Wow. <gasps> oh, honey, and you're then, be cool. famous now. You are. So I was like, well, that's a really small world. But um when we're talking about airway, I think one of the best things we can do to any provider is just give them some basic things to look for so they can do like a like a 15 second screening. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything like that for dentists and the, yeah. the kids they're seeing in their practices? Yeah. So like as far as should I send this person off to see the chiropractor? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So if really I'm going to, this is like selfish plug, but if your baby has a tongue tie, they should be assessed by a chiropractor. Okay. Like just, they just should. Absolutely. Um, because we have to see if there's that tension somewhere else in the body. Um, and if there's something else that needs to be resolved too, maybe there's not, but chances are there's something that we could help. Um, then the other things are going to be that they're like, 
baby is just not breastfeeding on the right side or it's super painful or they just won't look to one direction. It's that tension, that asymmetry, that that's a red flag. That means okay. the body's not functioning optimally. There's something that could be corrected. There's something that we need to uh, address so that that baby is good, is able to grow fully functional. Um, high palate, of course, too, like Perfect. high narrow palate. That's going to be something where we can do some cranial maneuvers. Like the palate is still four separate bones when they're babies. They're yeah. not just one solid hard yeah. palate. Um, so we can work through that. Like there is maneuvers, there is tissue work that we can do to help with that stuff too. So we can notice that really, really early on with little ones. Wonderful. Awesome. Oh. Well, so this was how so do much people fun. here find you? Yeah. Where are you? You're not on TikTok. You told us that. Not on TikTok. How do they find you? <laughs> Plug yourself. I'm not on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. It's okay. bumps and babies underscore Cairo. Okay. And then on Facebook, we're Flourish Family Chiropractic. All right. And yeah, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on here with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This was fun. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.